Greetings to those who watch below. Before we start today's video, I just want to remind you all that you can become a member of those who dwell below. An exclusive membership for the channel that will get you shout outs at the end of the videos and also access to all videos 24 hours before they go public. Moving on to today's video. Night shifts can be extremely creepy. There's a reason they're called graveyard shifts. If you don't believe me, then check out these truly creepy night shift encounters. Night Shift Brings Out the Crazies by Nahima20 Back in 2007, I started a tech job with an IP phone for DT1 long distance company. The company is no longer around and honestly, I don't know how they stayed in business as long as they did. It was really a pyramid scam, but thankfully, I was on the IT side of things so I didn't have to sell anything. It was a small, typical tech support call centre. The customers would call in, or Verizon, Quest, etc. would call and say DT1 lines were down or outages. I was the only female on my team, having to prove myself and show that I can do anything my male counterparts could. It didn't take long and the customers respected me for being able to handle things. After making my mark, I decided to take the 10 hour night shifts. I worked Wednesday to Saturday from 1pm to 12am, with an hour lunch. And after 6pm I was completely alone in the whole building. The rush to get out of the office by 6pm was insane, I couldn't blame them. But I decided having 3 days off was better than 2. Like I said, I was by myself for most of the night. I would have to keep an eye on emails and make sure I answered calls. It was a really slow shift. I would get a lot of video game, reading, schoolwork and writing done in this time. But sometimes I would just wander the building, walk around just to get away from my desk for a time. I would have the VoIP phone system connected to my cell phone so no calls would be missed. This allowed me time to go get a soda, go get food and so on. One time while I was up away from my desk, I was going down to the lunchroom to grab a soda. The vending machine was on the basement floor and the basement had a wall of windows and one set of security doors. Same for the main entrance, only there was one camera facing that door. Nothing else really to make you feel very safe. I didn't like going down to the basement much, because the back of the building faced an acre of dark woods. There was a walking path to the woods, but for some reason they didn't install lights for the walking path. Never really sure why that was, but it didn't help with the creepy factor. Sometimes I would see animals run past, but other times it felt like someone was watching me. I always try my best to make it fast when getting a soda or snack, but sometimes it didn't feel fast enough. So one night I was making my way down to the basement to get a soda. It was a slow dragging night and I needed a little caffeine for a pick-me-up. I counted my money as I walked to make sure I had enough to get in and out quick, but out of the corner of my eye I saw something dart from the glass door back into the darkness. I stopped dead in my tracks and tried to scan the forest, but like I said, it was just blackness. I felt a bit of unease and everything told me to turn on my heels and go back to my desk. But it was 9pm and I had a fair bit of time left on my shift before I could blow this pop stand. I tried shaking the feelings off and briskly walked over to the soda machine and made my selection. The soda dropped and as I bent down to get it, I heard a loud ping noise. It was as if someone had hit the glass with something. I stood straight up and felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I slowly turned around and was scared to see someone out there, but as I made the full turn, I saw once again 
nothing but darkness. I thought this was a good time to book it back to the main floor. I didn't bother with the elevator. I went to the stairs and ran up them. My heart was already racing from having to go down there in the first place, then the loud bang, and now running up two flights of stairs. Once I was back at my desk, I sunk down into my chair and tried to calm down. It was just one noise. I was in a building with locked doors and locked inner offices. I kept saying over and over in my head that it was nothing. I was relieved by that, but out of nowhere, I got the feeling of someone watching me again. I peeked up over my cubicle wall and looked around my office. Nothing seemed out of place until I turned to face the front of the building. Outside the first set of doors was a slender, tall, dirty male. He was cupping his hands around his eyes to try and see past the reflection of the lights inside. I dropped back down into my cubicle before he caught sight of me. He didn't look like anyone I have ever seen at the office, and it was a little past 9pm, so there was no good reason why he was checking out my office. As I sat in my chair, I heard the doors shake. I slowly stood up and watched him pull at the handles of the doors. They didn't budge, to my relief. But, as I watched him, he turned to face me. His face looked bruised or dirty, I couldn't tell which. Once his eyes locked onto mine, he started to bang harder and smacked the glass. I was so scared. It was the middle of the night. I was by myself and out in the middle of this office building complex. I grabbed my headset and dialed 911. While getting the operator on the line, the guy was walking back and forth from one side of the glass doors to the next. 911, what's your emergency? The lady's voice was direct. Yes, my name is and I work at. I need someone to come out. There's a guy trying to break into my office building. While speaking to her, the guy disappeared from view. I tried to look in all directions but didn't see him. I knew that he wouldn't just walk off, not with how hard he was banging. And suddenly, a good-sized rock came out of nowhere and smashed against the door. I screamed and went under my desk. The operator asked what just happened, and I explained that a rock smashed against the glass door. She asked me if the glass was broken enough to let him in. I didn't want to stand up and look, but she told me to look in order to know where he was now. I crawled out from under my desk and just peeked over my wall and saw a huge crack down the first part of the door. I sank back down and told her to please have the police hurry. She said they were on their way. It felt like time was standing still and I could do nothing. There was another smash against the door and along with that, the sound of glass breaking. Sirens could be heard coming towards my building. It was music to my ears. I told the operator that the police had arrived and thanked her for all her support. I stood back up and looked over the cubicle wall, and the red and blue lights were flashing wildly. But the thing was, I didn't see the man. The top part of the door was completely smashed, and the rock was laying by the inside of the entryway. One officer came to the front door and others were out combing the area. I could see their flashlights moving all around the parking lot. The first officer to come into the building and greet me was a very kind man. He was patient with me and let me explain what I saw happen. Soon, my boss arrived and checked on me and the damage. At some point, my husband was called and told I would be escorted home by one of the officers. I took the next few days off and started to look for another job that wasn't by myself at night. When I gave my statement, 
and explained to the officer that the person could be partnered with an ex-co-worker who was fired a couple of weeks prior for stealing and just not showing up. He knew when people came and went. He knew where we kept the cell phones we were selling, not under lock and key, but under a desk of the provisioner. From smartphones to Blackberries, when they were still worth buying, plus VoIP boxes and phone cards. I went on to leave this job a month later and started a credit card machine company. It was an office full of people, still a call centre, but I felt safer, especially with the security and cameras all over the building. Like I said before, this company is no longer around. It was brought up by another company, and they basically liquidated all the funds that were worth something. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Weird Stuff on Night Shift by A Whiskey Thing I worked on an ambulance that does both 911 and generic transport. So for this call, my partner and I took a lady back home from the ER. Now, this neighbourhood is kind of sketchy, and we drove down a block away from the known hooker Pimp Street so we can finish our paperwork and clean equipment. We parked opposing traffic on a curb in the ghetto slums at 1am. I'd just finished cleaning and I'm standing at the passenger side with the door open, while my partner is sitting in the passenger seat still finishing her report. All of a sudden, we hear a girl's voice a few doors behind us screaming, No! No, let me go! While a guy yells, You can't take her! Partner and I look at each other, then down the road because now we hear some ricer revving like an angry lawnmower. All I see is headlights coming my way. I take a flying leap into the cab across my partner's lap as she slams the door behind me, just in the nick of time, because the car comes within literally inches of our rig. I'd have been crushed if I didn't have almost cat-like reflexes. As the car goes by, we see that a bald, tatted-up guy is the driver, and he's just casually flicking a cigarette out of the window. In the back seat is a girl in her skivvies, desperately pounding on the window. Meanwhile, on the outside of the car is a dude in his tighty whiteies. He has some weird Spider-Man grip, with one hand holding onto the roof and his feet braced against the door. He's also punching the window. I flick on the lights and sirens, hoping to scare the driver, and my partner gets on the radio telling dispatch a brief rundown and to send cops to our location. The driver isn't phased in the least by our display. He stops at the four-way, looks at us in his mirror, flicks the cigarette, and takes off. Naturally, we, two unarmed females, give chase. The driver is cruising, weaving this way and that, trying to shake Captain Underpants. We see the dude fall and run after the car. A moment later, the girl comes flying out of the car in a very ungraceful tuck and roll. The two take off behind one of those giant power breakers you sometimes see on city streets while the driver finishes his Mario Kart impression and floors it around a corner. We follow round the corner ourselves and stop to check for plate number, but alas, he's sporting a lemon lot ad. Since he's gone, 
we presume it's safe to get out and actually do our job, take care of those injured. We hop out with the aid bag and my partner keeps watch while I run to the giant power thing, but the nearly naked duo is gone. At that moment, five squad cars pull up and ask if we're the ones who called for backup. We restrain ourselves from asking if they see any other freaked out EMTs in the neighbourhood and give them the story. They ask where the two who escaped the car went, and we responded that we didn't know. They ask for a description and possible direction. We tell them that if they go left, and make another left three streets down, then stop shortly before EC Boulevard, they'll see two people in underwear, and likely covered in road rash. I helpfully add in whatever the design was on the guy's shorts, and they just stared at us for a moment. Realising we were serious, three cars take off. Maybe five minutes later, one radios in, saying they found them. Here's the kicker. They denied everything. No car, no kidnapping, no chase. Of course, they can't explain why they're nearly a block away from their place, wearing only enough to not break any indecent exposure laws, their lack of shoes, or the copious road rash all over them, since technically they didn't do anything wrong, and they had no desire to press charges or be treated by us, they were let go. And that is only my second creepiest night in EMS. Night Shift Gone Weird by Yellow Horsey One I work in a fairly busy hospital downtown, in the NICU. I usually work at night. During orientation, we are taught to be observant to the signs of a possible abductor. We were taught to look for oversized clothing, bags, and shifty behaviour. It was about 3am, and I was sitting at the front desk since 11. I'm a nursing student, so I usually just do clerical work around the unit. I also watch the cameras to make sure no one is here that isn't supposed to be here. It's usually pretty quiet at night. However, it was already a weird sort of night, and this event just added a cherry on top of it. The NICU, and most of the second floor, is a locked unit. This means, in order to gain entrance, you have to pick up a phone, which then rings to the desk. Usually it's parents wanting to see their babies, and family members who are lost. It quiets down about 11, so no one usually comes in or out during my shift, with the exception of housekeeping. One of the security cameras is situated so I can see who is picking up the first phone. I've been sitting here browsing Reddit when the phone rang. I glanced over at the phone, thinking it was a parent wanting an update or something like that. It took me a second to register that it was the number for the first set of doors. I picked it up and looked over to the screen. There was a lady in baggy clothing with a sling on her arm. I answered the door and said that she wanted to come in to find her cousin, who apparently had been brought up from the emergency department. I asked for the last name and she unintelligibly rambled off something that I could only caught the first part of. Knowing that we didn't have any new admissions, I told her that we didn't have anyone by that name. I tried to get some information out of her, and again she said that her cousin had been brought up from the ED. I told her in that case she would have to go to labour and delivery and talk to them. She hesitated, and then said okay, and walked away. I got a really weird feeling from her, 
so I checked the sensors to see if there was anyone that was being accessed in L&D, and there wasn't. So she either was at the wrong hospital, or she wanted to come into the unit to do something a little more sinister than just see her cousin. I shrugged it off, and figured that her cousin was in L&D, that she would find her, and all would be well. About five minutes later, the same lady appeared, in her extremely baggy clothing and her sling. The only difference was that this time she was putting the sling on and was using her injured hand to mess with something in her oversized sweatshirt. She picked up the phone and once again asked to be let in to find her cousin and the L&D said that they had no one by that name. I told her the exact same thing and that she would need to get into contact with her cousin and go back over to L&D. She got hostile for a second, and then hung up the phone. Whether or not she was trying to gain access to the unit for things that she shouldn't be doing, I'll never know. Thank you so much for watching today's video, I hope you enjoyed it. If there's a particular video theme that you'd like to see, let me know in the comments below. Also, do any of you work night shift? If you do, I'd love to know that too. If you like the video, make sure to give it a big thumbs up. Also, share the video around and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you have, hit the notification bell. That way you will be the first person to know when the next video goes public. So, until next time, sleep tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.